This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, it says that when Herod, king of Judea, was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they both were very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel of the Lord said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. And you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now. My wife is well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out to the, of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. And when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace 
of having no children. Zechariah and his wife, they were righteous people. They were faithful to do the things that were expected of them, and they feared God. In fact, it's clearly laid out here in the verses that we read. And I'm so glad the Word of God says this. It says that they were righteous in God's eyes, and they were careful to obey all of the Lord's commands and his regulations. But they had no children. Now, the prophets had prophesied that the Messiah was coming. The prophets had also prophesied that there would be someone who was coming in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And so the Jews were talking about who this would be. Elizabeth and Zechariah, God looked down upon them. They were advanced in their years. And in God's sovereignty, God looked at them and said, hey, those would be exactly the couple that I'd like to use to bring into this world the prophesied man who is going to prepare the way for the Lord. Zechariah and Elizabeth would end up being the parents of John the Baptist. And so they were going about their daily lives, many years of daily life. And as can happen with all of us, we can get involved in the cycle of life and it can become something of, well, I know I've got to do this and so I'm going to continue to do what I've got to do. In fact, Zechariah was a praying man. We know that because when the angel showed up, he said these words. Don't be afraid, Zechariah, it says in verse 13. God has heard your prayer. Zechariah had been faithful to seek the Lord. He was praying. No doubt he was praying that the Messiah would indeed be revealed and would come. And little did Zechariah know, but God had in mind that he would be the father of John the Baptist, who would end up baptizing Jesus the Messiah just before he entered his public ministry. And it says that it fell to his lot to be in the temple on a particular day, as it was simply his turn to do the responsible thing for that particular week. You've probably heard the statement that the devil is in the details. I'm going to tell you that God is in the details too. And he works in the middle of what might seem like just a nonchalant general plan for your day. God sets up divine appointments while you're not even aware of it. And that's exactly what happened for Zechariah on this particular day. No doubt the angel knew the schedule, 
for when Zechariah was on call to be the priest. Oh, that schedule was probably not necessarily revealed by a writing on the wall. It may have been just simply set up by a general decision of, well, we need to make sure that this responsibility is covered in the temple, so uh, let's do this rotation basis, and Zechariah, you're on for this week. I'm willing, I'm ready. Zechariah, an old man, doing what God had called him to do, a faithful prayer warrior, and an angel shows up. No doubt his praying was not something that had just happened now and then, but rather he had been faithful to seek the Lord. Because the scripture says that when we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. So here's Zechariah. Zechariah is fulfilling his duty. And the Bible tells us that an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. For years, Zechariah has said, Oh God, may your will be done. Lord, would you perhaps even give my wife and I a child? We would love to have a child. And maybe for many years he prayed that when he was younger because they couldn't have any children. And no doubt there was a deep desire and a longing. And that's very evident because when God ends up answering this prayer, Elizabeth says, Oh God, thank you. For you have removed my reproach. Verse 25. You have taken away my disgrace of having no children. So I have no doubt that they prayed together long and hard about this matter. A long time before this day ever arrived. So the angel shows up and says, uh, I've got some good news for you. God's heard your prayer. You and your wife are going to have a child. Uh, Zechariah, first of all, is overcome with great fear. Wait, I didn't expect this to happen. I know I was praying and everything, and uh, I know there's nothing too hard for God. I've, I've heard how God has shown up and done amazing things for other people. And yes, he's done great things for our people in the past, but, but, but right here, right now, for me, Really? His expectations were not on the moment. No doubt when he prayed, he believed that God heard him to a certain degree. But the day had come for the answer to arrive. And here's the messenger saying, it's all yours. You're going to get your baby. Baby's yours. God heard your prayer. He says, you're going to have great joy and gladness and many are going to rejoice at his birth. But Zechariah, he looks at the angel and he says, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. God, I'm not sure if you've been keeping track of my birthdays, but a, quite a few of them have gone by. Uh, maybe, maybe you think that I'm younger than I am. Maybe you think my wife is a little younger than she is. She looks great, but she's older in years. <laughs> and um, God, how can I be sure 
that this is going to happen. Now, keep in mind, an angel of the Lord is standing in front of us. How can I be... An angel of the Lord is right in... What does it take for us to believe? You can have an angel of the Lord standing in front of you, speaking to you. You're like, now, let me think this through. Is there maybe some sign? Maybe some supernatural event that could happen that would really confirm to me that God is answering my prayer. I know you're an angel, but there's got to be something else you can do. How fickle we are in our faith at times. And I speak this to all of us, myself included, that we can be standing before a messenger of the living God and our faith is sometimes not high enough to be able to trust that, oh, I prayed, and God actually does answer my prayer, and here's the answer, praise the Lord. But um, he says, how can I really know that this is going to happen? The angel said, I'm Gabriel, and I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. He brings his attention back to the source. The one you were praying to, he's the one I just came from. You were asking for something, God sent it. And I'm here to tell you that I got this message directly from the throne room. And this is for you. No doubt the angel may have kept back some words that he may have thought of saying. Are you kidding me? God sent me all the way down from heaven to tell you that you're getting an answer to your prayer. I've revealed myself to you here in the temple and you're asking me, how can I know for sure that God will do what he's going to do, what he said he's going to do? Now, keep in mind, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous, right? We went over that before. They did everything they were supposed to be doing. So this is not a man who is out doing his own thing, forgetting about God. This is a man who is committed, dedicated. If it were in our time here, he'd be faithful in the church. He'd be doing, he'd be a reliable person. When he's supposed to show up, he's here. He's faithful to do what needs to be done. He's coming to Sunday night prayer meeting and he's praying for a miracle. He's committed. He and his wife are faithful. But when it comes around for time to trust God, he says, well, how can I know for sure? Now the angel says these words to him. Since you did not believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Now, I believe that it was not God's desire that Zechariah lose his speech, but it was a necessity. Because there are things that we learn in the silence that we don't learn any other way. And while there were so many positive things about Zechariah and Elizabeth, there was an issue and a matter that God had to deal with. And so the angel says, from now until the child's born, 
you wanted to know how you'd be able to know that God will fulfill what he's going to do? I have a great idea. How would losing your speech work? Would that, would that suffice? Apart from the fact that I'm standing here giving you a message from the throne room of God, perhaps that'll help you realize that God will fulfill his promise. Now, that wasn't a positive supernatural revelation, but it was one. And from that moment, Zechariah was not able to speak. Now, I want to apply that to us. Because I believe as God looks down upon every man and woman, boy and girl in this room today, God sees more than just what you do. And you come to church and you involve yourself in different things, and those are good. You may be a righteous man and a righteous woman before the Lord. But maybe you've been praying for God to birth something new in your life, in your family, in your job, in your community. It may not be a baby boy, but it may be something else. And the limitation may not be the fact that you're advanced in age, but it may be the fact that you feel you're not capable of something. For Elizabeth, the natural would say she wasn't very capable of having a child. But every one of us in this room have our own limitations. Where we feel, I'm not so sure God would use me in that area because I'm not up to that task. In fact, I'm not skilled in that at all. When God called Moses to go speak to Pharaoh, Moses said, God, you must have the wrong person because you don't know the, that I stutter when I speak and I really can't get the message across the way that I want to do it. So my brother, he speaks really well. And if you use him, I think we could get this job done a whole lot better. And the scripture says God was angry with Moses. And he said, wasn't I the one who made the mouth? Didn't I make the eyes to be able to see? Don't you know that I know exactly how you stutter? I'm still asking you to do what I asked you to do. God, in his sovereignty, said, all right, here comes Aaron. Go ahead and use him. But that was not God's plan. When we are doing regularly, and maybe that's you today, you're faithfully doing what you know you're supposed to do. You're even praying and trusting God. But then the answer is at the door. And God says, all right, you've been praying for many years. You ready? Here it is. Here it is. And our level of faith can at times be so limited that when God shows up with the miracle in hand, we're like, not sure. Not sure if that's really it. And the hard truth is sometimes our faith is not strong in the Lord, even when we go through the motions. So Zechariah couldn't speak. Everything he wanted to communicate, he had to write down. Sometimes... God will limit our availability of influence so that we can learn to trust him. It's limiting when you have to write stuff down to communicate. There's a lot of things that you communicate in a tone of voice that you don't get to communicate on paper. I mean, you can underline and bold stuff, and that can help a little bit, but that doesn't help out to be able to communicate the same way when you can talk. That was removed from Zechariah. 
Sometimes when we are praying, we're seeking the Lord. God knows our hearts, but he wants us to grow. And he's about to do something great. He's about to birth something in our life, in our ministry, in this church. And maybe we're looking at it going, oh yeah, I know God can do that, but really, you think he would do that here? Yeah, I've been praying for so many years. After all, it seems like it's been a long time and probably too long. And I, I've been waiting for God to do this. And I'm not so sure that he's really going to do it. My friend, I want to challenge you to believe God and believe his word. No matter how many years pass between what he has told you, he will fulfill his word. And that's exactly what he says here. In fact, the angel says, when he was telling him, you won't be able to speak. He said, my, verse 20, my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. God sometimes puts us on hold so that we can learn a lesson to trust him. And when Zechariah was standing there in the presence of the Lord and he wasn't certain. And then he goes through this period of time, at least nine months where he couldn't talk. And no doubt, every time he picked up the pen and paper, he said to himself, oh, should have believed God. Mm. Should have believed God. Should have believed God. I'm going to believe God. Next time, I'm not going to doubt. Next time, I'm just going to say, God, if you said it, I believe it. And I'm going to take steps of faith forward because I don't really want to do this again. Zechariah was a righteous man. And yet God said, you're not going to speak until you see my words fulfilled. I'm going to tell you this. I believe that sometimes God puts our ministry and our work for him even on the shelf so that we can learn to trust him. Because it's not a matter of God simply getting stuff done. In the world in which we live, especially here in the United States, we're so driven by getting stuff done. But more important than you getting anything done is who you are. God cares about your being. And then when you get your being right, you'll get all kinds of stuff done for the glory of God. But if we just get stuff done and our heart is not in the right place yet, it's putting the cart before the horse and it won't work out well. John the Baptist would make a great impact and it would be Zachariah's son that would do it. But God had to bring him back, back into a place of trusting him. My heart as your pastor is that we as a church would be very quick to say, not what Zacharias said, but what Mary said when the angel showed up to talk to her. Listen to these words and compare them to Zacharias' response. Same chapter, chapter 1, verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel of the Lord had appeared to her and said these words. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy 
and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but now she's in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. And then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Now consider this. If you're comparing those promises, God said to Elizabeth and, and to Zechariah, you're going to have a child. He doubted it. Wasn't sure. God says to, to Mary through the angel, you are going to have a child and there's not going to be any man involved in the process. In the natural. Which do you think is a little more harder to believe? And yet consider Mary's response. In addition, God had already done amazing things along the line of giving a child to a couple that was of their old age. Because Zechariah very well knew the story of Abraham. God had done it for Abraham. Given them a child. Gave them Isaac. But how many times do we see a young lady conceiving a child with no man in the natural involved in the process prior? You don't see that. There had never even been precedent of that. So it was completely by faith. In a church that I was at years ago, there was a, a lady who was pregnant in the church. And the doctors told her that her child um, was facing some physical challenges that would really be serious once the child was born. So actually, this couple were a part of the leadership in the, team, in the church. And so after hearing that, they ended up considering and weighing all the options. And the church leadership, because um, I was an administrative assistant pastor on staff at the time, the church leadership received a letter. It was a very lengthy letter from this gentleman who was also in leadership. He was one of the deacons in the church. And he wrote this letter outlining all of the reasons why getting rid of this child before it came into the world had justification because the child would have some illness or sickness or whatever after the child came into the world. And they had already had one or two children. They were in the church. Their kids were in my children's church class. And they wrote this letter. So the pastor uh, had a meeting with them and talked with them and the whole bit, and they we're moving forward. In the letter, they outline these things. They said, we have seen God do various miracles. We have seen God heal of this and this. But it has never been recorded that we are aware of that God has ever healed a child of this. And they filled in the blank, which was the thing that their baby was dealing with. And so therefore, and therefore, we felt it necessary that the life of this child be taken so that it won't come into this world and have to suffer and all of the reasoning that they had. 
that couple ended up following through on their decision to abort that child. And they wrote a letter after the abortion took place. And they said that after the baby had come, was born, that the baby, because the method that was used was one where it would allow the child to be able to be born and still be intact. They said that the, the child, when it was born, that it looked completely fine, even though the tests had showed that it was deformed and such. And they regretted their decision to take the life of their child. And I insert this because of their lack of faith. When we make decisions based upon, well, I've never seen God do that before, that shows where our level of faith is. And we may sit here today and say, I'd never do that. I'd never doubt God. if I, I know he's able. Nothing is impossible with God. And it's true. But when the rubber meets the road, believing God for something you've never experienced before, you've never seen before, takes a great step of faith. Mary was willing to say, be it unto your servant according to your word. But no doubt Mary had her questions too. In fact, just prior to making that statement, she asks the angel. And she says, she had asked the angel, she said, how can this be that I would be the mother of my Lord? But she trusted in the midst of the questions. There's nothing wrong to have questions. But we have to have a heart of trusting God in the middle of those questions. And when you and I are willing to say, God, I don't fully understand this, but I know you've told me to do this, so I'm not certain of every detail and how it's all going to work out, but here goes because I've seen you faithful in the past, and I'm going to follow. The challenge that God calls to every single one of us and to this church are you willing to go a place where you've not walked before? Are you willing to do things you've not done before? And are you willing to trust me that the prayers that you've been praying are going to be answered and I will fulfill my promise for you? There are lessons learned in the silence, but what a joy when the silence is over. And when that baby was born, all of a sudden, Zechariah was able to speak. I believe that God wants us to have our speech, be able to have influence to impact all those around us that he wants us to. But when we have low faith, it stifles our ability to speak out. Because we're not certain 
Oh, well, maybe God doesn't want to do that for me. He'll do it for someone else, but not so sure about me. My friend, I want you to know that God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't look at you and see the exterior. He sees your heart. And when you get your heart in the right place with God, there is nothing that is too hard for God. There's nothing too hard for him to do through this church body. And my prayer is that God will give us a vision like Zechariah had, whether it be an angel or not, but that we will have a fresh revelation of what God wants to do and that we will say, God, I've not walked down that journey before, but if you're telling me to go, I'm willing to go. And when you step out in faith, God is going to do amazing things. John the Baptist showed up on the scene. The scripture tells us He was a man whom Jesus honored with his words because John the Baptist was obedient to the Lord. John the Baptist followed through on what was expected of him. There were expectations. He couldn't drink any alcoholic drink throughout his life. He was filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he turned many to the Lord their God. Verse 17 says that he was a man with the power and the spirit of Elijah. It also goes on to say that he would prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. And that he would turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Out of you. In one way or another, God wants to do those things. Whether it's through you personally or through a family member or through a ministry that God births in your life. But one way or another, God is going to fulfill the vision and the word that he has given to you. Don't give up, even if a lot of time passes. We're in 2016. I'm not sure when some of you began praying about certain things. But I challenge you today, be ready when the answer shows up at the door. Be ready to say, be it according to your word to me, O God. I'm ready. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. So that we will be able to keep our speech when the answer is right there. So that nine months don't have to go by where God is going to do what he's going to do anyways. But we're not able to fully engage in the process. All oh, the things that Zechariah probably wanted to say to his wife during her pregnancy. But he couldn't. He couldn't throughout the entire time. He had to write it all down. And his wife had to deal with the writing and the reading the whole time because of the lack of faith. So this is my prayer for us and for me. God, grow my faith so that I will trust you, that I will believe you and take you at your word. And ask if the worship team could please come on down. And if we could close ourselves in with the Lord and Just bow your heads and close your eyes with me if you would because I want you to focus for a moment on the very reason why we're celebrating Christmas. Jesus came. He came not just to fulfill a prophecy because there was a reason for the prophecy. 
And the reason was that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, whether it was prophesied or not, did not take away from the purpose of the reason that God sent Jesus to come into this world so that you and I could have our sins forgiven. You're here today, it's not by accident. Maybe you're in this room and the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart. You know you need to get right with God. You know you need to repent of your sin and to surrender your heart to Him. God says to you today, if you're willing to open your heart to me, I'm willing to transform it. Today, my friend, is the day of salvation. You're not guaranteed tomorrow, no matter how young you are in this room. I challenge you today in the authority of the word of God. Open your heart to God. And he will do with your life more than you ever dreamed of. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to make the choice to follow Jesus. I have faith to believe that God does love me and that he will give me hope day by day. I'm willing to repent of my sin. I'm willing to surrender my life to God right here and now. If that's you in this room today, God sees you. God sees you. The Spirit of God is speaking to your heart right now. And as he does, listen. God always speaks with a purpose. I don't want you to respond this morning because Pastor Joseph's saying it. I'm just a messenger to tell you God's heart. I didn't die for you, Jesus did. He loves you today. If you're ready to make the decision to follow Jesus right where you're sitting, would you right now just simply raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I surrender my heart. God sees your hand and yours and yours. Is there anyone else? Would you who raised your hand and the rest join with me in this prayer? And as you pray, would you simply from your heart say these words to the Lord? Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge today that I need forgiveness for my sin. I ask you to please forgive me and to wash my heart clean and make me a new person. I surrender my thoughts to you. I surrender my attitudes to you. 
I surrender my actions to you. And I choose from this day forward to live a life that honors you. To obey your word and to allow your Holy Spirit to make me brand new. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to come and live inside of me. I accept you now. In Jesus' name. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has responded to your prayer. Believe it. Walk in obedience to him. Read his word. Allow God to talk to you. Talk to him through prayer. And get together regularly with people that love Jesus. And we welcome you to gather with us regularly to magnify the name of the Lord and to learn about God's word. For every one of us in this room, I have one final call. I'm proud of everyone in this room who is committed, faithful to your task, faithful to pray, faithful to do what God has asked you to do. But are you ready for the day when the angel shows up and says, your prayer's answered. It's all here for you if you just simply believe. I want to believe God more. God hasn't revealed everything that he's going to do at Christian Life Center to me. But I'm asking him to reveal more to me. Because this is his church. He loves everyone here. But one of the things that God has shown me is that I have a responsibility to speak his word. As I speak it, his Holy Spirit works. And as the church responds, it prepares the church for the mission that God has for us to accomplish. And as we get on board with what God wants us to do day by day and step by step, he's going to call us into areas that are unknown. Are you ready? Are you ready to do things you've never done before? Are you ready to believe God that the things you've been praying about for years are going to happen? God is going to do the work to glorify his name. If you're here this morning and you'd simply say, God, I may have 50% of faith. I may have 70. I may even have 90. Maybe you have 10. It doesn't matter. When you come to the Lord, he loves to answer your prayer. Increase my faith, oh God. If you're in this place and you would say, Lord, would you please grow me? Grow me so that when that moment comes where the answer is at the doorstep, that I will believe you and I will be busy about doing whatever you've called me to do with a heart that is fully confident that you will do what you say you're going to do. If that's you this morning, I welcome you to join me at this altar where we simply stand together and say, God, grow me in faith because I want to believe you for things that may seem impossible 
but I know they're not for you. And whatever you want to birth through me, if it's a new ministry, if it's a new, uh, a new focus in my own heart, my own life, God, I'm ready. I may have been barren for years, but I'm ready for that child and I'm ready for it to be conceived in my life so that you can affect future generations through me. God, I put my faith in you. If that's you this morning, then I welcome you to stand to your feet and to come to this altar. And we're going to take some time to simply surrender our hearts to the Lord. As you do this, God is seeing your heart and he is going to respond and he is going to do a work. If that's you, if the spirit of God is speaking to you, then would you come and allow the Lord to do his work in your heart and to grow your faith today?